This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello and welcome once again to the Abiding Together podcast where we provide a place of connection, rest and encouragement for all of you on the journey living out your passion and purpose in Jesus Christ just like us. So, grab your coffee, grab your dog, grab your friend <laughs> and get comfortable as we begin on the journey. So, I once again my name is Sister Miriam James and I'd like to welcome again my dear friends Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger ladies. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. How we doing? Sir. How we doing this week? <laughs> I'm doing well. We're good. Yeah. We are um, piled in with snow at the moment, which is highly unusual for where we live at this point, but it's beautiful. I can't, I can't really complain. It's lovely. (laughs) The snow is nice, isn't it? It's something about it just quiets everything. Yeah. And then we have Michelle who is wearing flip-flops still because she lives (laughs) in Florida, which is slightly, Uh, but I love you. (laughs) Um, it is so not snowing here. It is 71 degrees here and it is beautiful and it quiets oh. my soul just fine. And it's sunny little 71 degrees. I'm all good with that. So, yep. uh-huh. but Certainly to each his own because it is a new season, right? So we talk about the seasons changing and I'm sure the snow, Heather, will melt soon enough where you live. <laughs> yes. Praise God. Maybe. There is always yeah. a new season. <laughs> And the rain will return. Well, we're going to talk today about the season of Lent. And we're going to talk especially about Pope Francis. Uh, Every year, the Holy Father releases a letter for Lent, kind of gives the heartbeat of Lent for the church for the year. And so we're going to talk about that. But I think we both could all, well, we could all agree that Lent is often a season that we dread. Now, what what is your first gut reaction of Lent, Heather? When you think of Lent, like, what is your first gut reaction? Oh, Lent. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm growing a little bit. I feel like, yeah, I'm actually growing up a little bit with stuff like this, but I recall being a kid and I have three children of my own. So we've, you know, started talking about Lent and they don't dread it. You know, we've tried to have some conversations around that, but yeah, there is this feeling of like, oh man, I got to give up something that I like. And, Mm. and that's disruptive to me, you know, like I want all my comforts and, um, it's difficult to, to, yeah, to give, to give up something that, that we like. You know, as I have grown up, I think there's a part of me that that welcomes it more as I realize that any time I sacrifice, God is so generous. But yeah, there's for sure a sentiment of this is going to be hard. (laughs) How about you, Michelle? Um, Yeah, as a kid, you know, or um, earlier on, like Lent meant just sacrifice to me Mm -hmm. and just reeked of tuna fish. Like I just coincided with tuna fish. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it makes me not want to eat it any other time of the year because let's just save up all that for Lent. Yeah. So, um, but now, um, you know, the season personally that I am in my faith and everything, I love Lent. For me, it's like, um, I I think one of the beauties about being Catholic is the liturgical seasons, you know, Um, because it means change. It means something different. It means a different color. For me, it's like I get to change the throw pillows on my front porch, you know, um, it's a different season. It's kind of like uh, the same thing with the church and um, Lent, you know, that purple. We change it to purple for repentance and um, which I love. I love there's something um, so beautiful about, you know, the seasons changing in the church and I get excited, you know, um, I think I used to fear repentance. You know, it seems like a harsh word. 
um, until I realized repentance, you know, just means like turning back around, you know, um, me turning towards the father and the father turning towards me, where it's actually a connection instead of um, this thing to be condemned by or fearful fearful of, I guess, if that makes sense. So I'm excited for Lent. Yeah. So fun. Oh, those are both beautiful. I, I, I agree. And you see in the natural world, the changing of seasons and each season has a purpose. And I, perhaps sometimes I think in, in life, we want to just remain in perpetual summer or spring <laughs> and we don't like it when the fall and the winter comes, but that's part of life. And so supernaturally speaking, the, as the church is a mother, you know, she guides us through all the seasons of life. And I agree with you. I, I know as a kid, you think of Lent, oh man, I can't eat chocolate. And then on Sunday, is that, you know, the Sunday, is that really a part of Lent? You know, there are people like it bitterly <laughs> disagreeing on Twitter over whether Sunday is included in Lent yeah, or not. It's, it's holier if you do it the whole time, you keep. <laughs> heathens who eat it on Sunday. You know, there's that kind of sentiment you feel like is going on. You're like, hey, <laughs> doesn't funny. that defeat the purpose? I, I, it's, it's funny. And I remember many years ago seeing this little comedic post by this cat or this Christian comedian. And and I don't remember who it was, but he was saying something. He's like, you know, I, he was kind of poking fun at Catholics. He's like, I don't really understand Catholics. He's like, let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. So he says, so Jesus Christ, Lord of the universe, King of Kings, all in all, he comes to earth and he suffers and dies for you. And he rises from the dead. And he he said, and y'all give up Cheetos for Lent. He's like, can you, can you help me understand that? He's like, what is that about? And I was like, amen, brother, because for a lot of adults, unfortunately in Catholicism, a lot of adults are 40 years old and that's the extent of Lent is just giving up chocolate and mm-hmm. you kind of muscle it out or you kind of make a joke of it. And then on Easter Sunday, you're the same person you were on Ash Wednesday and, and the whole thing kind of goes by. But really what I've learned more and more, I think, especially after joining religious life was that Lent is a season led by the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's for the purpose of a complete transformation into deeper intimacy with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we get rid of things that distract us from the intimacy or just things that we can offer up that help discipline us, help benefit others. It's a season of outpouring of self-gift. So I know for me, it's, it's not easy still, uh, but <laughs> I think it certainly changed my attitude about it. Yeah, that's interesting that he said that. That's hilarious. And yeah. also, you know, you, you feel like, I mean, when you said that, I was like, there's some truth to that. You know, like it seems such an inappropriate response to mm. the great gift of life and love that God has given to us. And I think that's something that for me has been reshaping my idea of Lent is what is what is a loving response to the greatness mm. and goodness of who God is? You know, that's something I'm trying to teach our children right now, too, because they were all asking, well, what is it supposed to be really hard? That's what my son was saying yesterday. Is it supposed to be really hard? And I said, you know, it's a it's about growing in relationship with God and removing mm-hmm. some of the things that are keeping us from him. It shouldn't be excruciating, you know, and you could see this relief on his face like, OK, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, awesome. one of the ways I know that I've learned to prepare for Lent or just to kind of continue to journey more deeply into Lent is to spend some time with the Holy Father's letter for Lent. So our listeners can actually, all you have to do is Google Pope Francis message for Lent 2017, and you can pull it up and follow along with us as we kind of journey through this. But I was particularly struck by the two aspects that Pope Francis kind of highlights for this Lent. And the the letter is easy to read. It's not this long theological discourse. It's only three pages long. And it's really from the heart of our father, our Papa. And what is his heart for us this Lent? And then the two areas that he speaks about is the person as a gift and the word as a gift. 
And so he starts off speaking about, you know, Lent itself. And he says, Lent is a favorable season for deepening our spiritual life through the means of sanctification offered to us by the church through prayer, fasting and almsgiving. And so he says it's a season that urgently calls us to conversion. And so Christians are asked to return to God with all our hearts. And I love this to refuse to settle for mediocrity and to grow in friendship with the Lord, which is kind of what you both were saying. Um, Michelle, can you talk a little bit about what you talked about repentance? Because I think we have some interesting ideas about repentance. Could you share a little bit more about that, especially as we kind of journey into the person as a gift? Yeah, I think, I mean, repentance and what the definition of it means, it means to turn around, you know, to literally move your body around towards like, so you come back. And when I was thinking and looking and praying over this um, letter and just the whole season of Lent, um, even like I was thinking, okay, turning around and even the color purple, the liturgical color purple um, for Lent that the church has, um, you know, usually, you know, for church, um, the liturgical colors, the purple means repentance, but it also means royalty, you know? Mm. So I almost feel like it's like repenting and turning around to who we are, like our royal identity and dignity that God has um, ordained us to be, you know, believing who we are. And um, I feel like it's spring cleaning for the church. You know, Mm, that that. is what I feel Lent is. I feel like it's time, like, okay, if the church is a garden, it's our time to weed and get our hands dirty and um, pick out the weeds, you know, and plant seeds if we need to, after we've weeded out all the stuff, remove the clutter, you know, Mm. remove what's um, blocking us from being, you know, fully who we are and um, God. And I was just even thinking like, you know, one of my favorite prayers, people always laugh about this. My husband does. Um, and the liturgy of the mass is the penitential right. You know, you know, mm-hmm. I just love it is one of my favorite prayers. And my husband's like, why? You know, I confess to almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, you know, that I've sent through my own faults, you know, what I've done and what I failed to do. And I asked, you know, my brothers and sisters and all the angels, saints and you to pray for me. But I was thinking about it. One, one the reason why I love that and the penitential right is saying I'm a mess. You're a mess. I did something. <laughs> I didn't do some things. We're all a mess. So I yeah. need everyone here that I'm in mass with and even heaven and earth. Will you please pray for me that I won't be such a mess and become who I'm supposed to be in Christ? Mm. You know, that's what it's saying. Like we're a big giant mess of a family and we need each other's prayers and communion. And um, yeah, I think that's what Lent is like turn around, weed it out and um, resurrect um, join in God's resurrection, you know, in our lives. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to sing Total Eclipse of the Heart right now. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Oh, Turn around. <laughs> Seriously, if we get the signs with the sins on it, will you uh, do it? You know, I don't know. Come on, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, that's awesome. Oh, Heather, what about you? Yeah, Michelle, I just, I, I love what you were saying about repentance is turning back around to who we are, you know, like to looking back in God's eyes and, and seeing who we really are meant to be. Because I think sometimes we think repentance is about just getting on our face and groveling before a God who wants to smite us, you know, that Mm, maybe that's not our thought, like in the forefront of our mind, maybe for some people it is, but somewhere in our hearts, we doubt God's mercy and his love. It really, you know, it's more like him saying, 
this isn't who you are, you know, come back to me, come back to who you were meant to be, which is such a more in, in, it's an invitation and this loving tone rather than, you know, you better grovel kid because you have screwed up and your life is all out of sorts. Like pull, pull it together, pull your crap together. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I think the voice that we give to God in scripture, but also in our own hearts as we, as we turn to him, that's really important to be aware of. Like, what is the voice of God that we hear? Is it one of, of anger and, and, um, and being dismissive of us or disapproving, or is it a voice of love and, and mercy? Uh, and I think that changes how we respond in Lent because then really it isn't like, shoot, I got to give up something that's hard and then I'm just going to give it up and block it all out. But I'm going to remain in my sin and in my waywardness. Um, so for me, the things that I've been sort of reflecting on before we begin Lent is, Lord, what are the things that that have been taking up too much space to where yep. there's not enough space for you? What are the things that I need to, to have a renewal of my mind? You know, where where are the places that I have drifted from intimacy with you, just as you were saying, sister? So for me, you know, it, sometimes it's easier to just go full tilt on something and just say, no, I'm not going to have any of this. And it's going to be really hard, but I can just say no, rather than to find some sense of balance in there and to make everything, you know, sort of like St. Therese, a little flower, like little things with great love. You know, and having that in my mind, not just saying no to candy, but saying, I'm going to choose to give this up, Lord, because I love you. I just love you. You know. Oh. Amen. I uh, I love what both of you have shared, and I think it really touches deeply on what, what Pope Francis is saying to us is about this gift of love. And he talks about that in his first part of that letter, especially about the person as a gift. And he uses the example from the Gospel of Luke of the story of Lazarus and the rich man. And as we know, Lazarus is the poor man who is so, it's not just beyond poor, is completely destitute, body full of sores, the dogs come to lick his wounds. And I, I found it very interesting that the, the Pope mentions that the name Lazarus actually means God helps. And I, I just thought... You know, you wonder of a man like that. And I think we've all had times in our life where we feel utterly destitute, where we've got like open wounds emotionally and we're just bleeding out, so to speak. And then we have this promise over our life, but we're on somebody's doorstep saying, help me. And they're not helping. And I, I just, I love the, the, the several layers to this story. And but something that he says about, you know, the rich, obviously the rich man is blinded by his own sin. He's so blind to the other person. But the po- the Holy Father says, uh, and I'm going to read directly from his letter. He says, Lent is a favorable season for opening the doors to all those in need and recognizing in them the face of Christ. Each of us meets people like this every day. And each life that we encounter is a gift deserving acceptance, respect, and love. And I was very just particularly touched by that, especially in as obviously, you know, we're doing a podcast and, you know, that requires technology and technology is a wonderful thing. But I'm continually just uh, reminded, even in my own heart and soul, and especially in relating to other people, of how many times technology can barely easily be a barrier or the thing with which we step over people. They're on our doorstep and we use technology to step over them or we don't see them when the people that God sends to us in our lives are a gift, like the gift of providence. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure kind of what your own thoughts about that, especially as you talk about meeting people and the gift of the the gift of the other person. And as women, especially, that's part of our feminine genius is welcoming the other person. But what what do you think about that? Just sharing with our listeners, you know, that each life we encounter is a gift deserving acceptance, respect and love. Michelle, do you have any thoughts about that? 
Yeah. When I was reading over the letter, um, I was thinking to myself, and you know, more, I'm more of the, um, I don't know, artistic poet kind of mentality, you know, like um, you all usually make a lot more sense than I do. But anyway, um, when I was thinking about this letter, just the person as a gift and I'm like, okay, this right here, the gospel, this part, like um, how Jesus is really trying to focus on Lazarus, the poor. This is why uh, it just like blooms something in my heart. And this is why I think I'm like a Jesus girl. Like this is why right here, why I'm a gospel girl, you know? And I even wrote in my notes, it's like, I love that Jesus is the one that touches the untouchable and that he um, makes a priority of the marginalized, he prioritizes the marginalized. And um, he seeks out the shamed, like he goes after them and he seeks out the shamed. And, um, and he liberates and lifts women, you know, throughout the gospel more. And, you know, we'll talk about that in more upcoming podcasts, but, you know, he liberates and lifts and loves the women, but he is present to whoever he is with, you know? And I think for me, that is a real challenge. You know, my mind is always going a mile a minute. And who um, do I need to be completely present to? Like mm. the right front of me. And what do mm-hmm. I need to put down so I can be present? Because usually I'm trying to figure out with a bunch of kids and, um, you know, working different things and all of that. And just life, you know, I'm always on to the next thing. And how can I manage it instead of um, how can I be present and savor what is going on? you know, and this person that is going on. And I remember reading a long time ago, something about Henry Nouwen. And um, he was talking about when he was teaching at Notre Dame and he was talking to another professor. And she said, if I ever, if I stop getting interrupted by students, I can finish this dissertation. And she said, she realized at the end of it, that the students were the gift, you know, that mm-hmm. was the real work, you know, and uh, that the beauty you know it's people over projects and people over our to-do lists and people over you know whatever it is you know it's the gift that's right in front of us that needs to be um unwrapped and experienced and um which is challenging to me you know it's something that i have to actually work on you know um train myself almost to be completely present Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those that. are those are the things that that I I was also thinking is just that gift of presence. It's becoming more and more rare that people are yes. able to offer that, you know. And when I encounter people like that who are present to me, it's it's not just like oh that's refreshing, you know, but it's it's deeply comforting to know that I'm seen and and heard. And I think in today's society with technology and all kinds of other things, just like the fast food kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. We can be so dismissive of people and really Mm -hmm. have this utilitarian relationship with them where it's like, how can we just have this, you know, exchange of goods? I'll give you the money. You give me the Big Mac, you know, kind of thing. And um, so that's even, I mean, just using that example, like that's a simple thing that I I feel like God spoke to me several years ago was even when I'm going through a drive-through or I'm dealing with somebody like on a very quick exchange, like to just say, how are you? How, How is your day? And, Amen. Um, I can't tell you the number of people that have literally paused and they said, I, nobody ever asked me that. Like, thank you wow. for asking me that, whether it be the Starbucks person or, you know, somebody <laughs> else. <laughs> it's, okay, it's usually the Starbucks person. <laughs> 
I'm like, actually, I'm never in the McDonald's drive-thru, but okay. Okay, Starbucks. That's where it's at. But yeah, I I mean, it's surprising to me and it always makes me a little bit sad when people say that, you know, they're so taken aback when I just ask them, how are you? Like, how's your day going? And some of them have completely opened up. Like, they're like, you know what? Like, I'm actually having a really hard time. And then I'm like, okay, this is not just I'm paying for my coffee. Like, this is an encounter with with the person. And and I have I have a, you know, a moment here to minister to these people or just like speak some life into them to let them know, yeah, there's somebody that cares about you. I'm not just using you. Um, so in those little exchanges, but I think on a bigger level, too, one of the things I love about our Holy Father is that he's not just saying this. He lives it. And we see him living this in multiple examples that he sees people that no one else sees and that's what jesus does and he's not you know put off by people and by their the parts that aren't appealing you know i mean as this story goes on and it's like the dog licking the wounds i'm like ew gross you know i'm i'm easily off put by certain things um but this seems to be who jesus is drawn to and he's not afraid of it. He's not afraid of the things that smell or are ugly or messy. That That's actually the places that he's drawn to, which is really hopeful for me because I go, wow, I got a lot of things going on that are messy and, and not very appealing, you know. Um, but actually, those are the places that Jesus is drawn to because he has the power to restore them. And yet, am I willing or am I just looking for a quick exchange of like, you give me this, I'll give you this. You give me, you know, the gospel and I'll give you some sacrifice of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so true. That is so true. And seeing the person that you both spoke of presence. And that's really ultimately what the human heart thirsts for. Like at our deepest level, we desire to be seen, known and loved. Mm-hmm. And we can probably count on one hand the people that know us like that. Because, you know, just for a variety of reasons, but the people that are willing to just give the gift of their presence, I think that's one of the great, you talk about almsgiving this Lent, you know, which is one of the ways that we restore, we heal relationships with one another, which can be literally through giving money to charitable causes, but it goes to a much different level than that as well. But giving the gift of your presence this Lent would transform people's lives, would transform mm-hmm. families. Absolutely. And, oh my gosh, yeah. And I thought it was very interesting that in the letter, Pope Francis talks about the rich man as, you know, completely, literally stepping over the Lazarus and, you know, completely self-absorbed. And he says, that, he said, there's no place for God in the, in the rich man's life. His only God was himself. I was mm-hmm. like, ugh. <laughs> and I mean, don't we know that? And yeah. so he's going to talk later about that. He's going to go into the second aspect, which is the word is a gift. And he says the rich man's real problem, you know, comes to the fore after he dies when he sees, he says the root of all of his ills was the failure to heed God's word. And as a result, he no longer loved God and he grew to despise his neighbor. Whereas the word of God is alive and powerful, capable of converting hearts and leading them back to God. So when we close our heart to the gift of God's word, we end up closing our heart to the gift of our brothers and sisters. And I thought that was Mm. so powerful. And I know in my religious community, we do a form of Lexio Divina. We're called to do that daily of the meditations for the readings for the next day. And I know very well myself when I spend time meditating, especially on the Sunday gospel, but the daily gospel as well, what a difference it makes in my day-to-day life of how I see more and more of how the word of God is ministering to me and bringing, cutting away false gods in my life, but also bringing to the fore, like the heart, you know, the de- the depths of my heart and where God is calling me to grow in love. So I thought maybe we could just talk a little bit about just the word as gift, especially 
this Lent, uh, if you guys have any thoughts about that. Um, for me, um, when I was reading this, like, since, uh, you guys know, I am such a book person, you know, like, um, you know, what I studied was theology and literature, you know, I read books, what is it? There's like that quote, she reads books like most people breathe air, you know, that is me. <laughs> and so like, I'm so excited about the new beauty and the beast. Like he gave her a library best gift ever, you know, like I would totally <laughs> want a library, um, you know, so for me, the, like the scripture is like the best story tale, um, story that comes alive. You know, it's a um, love love story and a um, literature and it's poetry and it's language, but it's God's love letter that comes to us, you know, in just this amazing way. But it um, cuts through the lies, I think, you know, mm-hmm. it cuts through the lies and illuminates the truth for me. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that scripture does for me. And um, it makes me want to dig deeper into it to figure out um, what God is saying to my heart, you know, and really love it and embrace it and see what it is. You know, one of the things I'm doing is a for Lent is a scripture study of um, the book of Isaiah, you know, um, you know, that uh, I'm joining a bunch of people, actually my neighbor down the street and she and I are doing it together and she reads truth and it's on the book of Isaiah, which I just love, you know, just oh. to dig in one book and, you know, that he's probably my favorite prophet, you know, and um, yeah, just to dig in that and see what takes root in my own heart and see what blooms because God's, you know, word never comes back void and it always brings some kind of life with it. And so, um, yeah. I love that. Heather? Yeah, it's actually one of my Lenten commitments is to make room and time for scripture and study. And it's funny, Michelle, because we haven't even talked about this. But yesterday, as I was praying, I was asking the Lord specifically, what book do you want me to study? And and I felt like he said Isaiah. <laughs> so, oh, so I'm going to be hitting you up for that resource. But um, um, You're totally copying me, but that's okay. I'll <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, I have no ideas. I'm just making this up right now. No. Um, yeah, I, I think it's something that, you know, at times I've been better than others. And as of late, I've, I've let a lot of other things get in the way of really diving into scripture. And, you know, there's that quote, I think it's St. Jerome that says ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ, which mm-hmm. just is like, Ooh, ah, like that, that stings, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm willing to spend more time watching Netflix than, than reading scripture. And I don't have a problem with Netflix, you know, but I, I'm just saying like, for me lately, that's been something that the Lord has really put on my heart that I want you to encounter me in my word because it is living and it's relevant now. And the times that I have really taken to heart memorizing scripture and recalling that at various times, it's been so powerful, such a powerful anchor that in moments of darkness that I have scriptures that come to mind um, as hope and truth in my life. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I just, I feel like scripture is, is one of those things that when we make the time for it, it becomes not just words on a page, but it is living and effective and can really change our hearts. So, Amen. Yeah. And what a tremendous gift that God gives to us, you know, as the word and as person. So we would highly recommend friends just to check out Pope Francis letter for Lent and just see what blooms in your own heart as you make a journey of this healing of, of prayer, fasting and almsgiving, this restoration of your relationship with God, with yourself and others. Um, at the end of every podcast, we do our one favorite thing for the week. What is our one thing? So ladies, I don't know if you want to do like a Lenten 
version of thing or what is rocking your world heather kim this week can you share with us um there's always a few things that are rocking my world but (laughs) as always i'm going to try to keep it to one there's a new book that just came out by a woman named rebecca lyons and Mm. it's called you are free be who you already are And I haven't read it yet, but it just arrived because it just came out. I did get a preview of one of the chapters. And as I read this story that she was describing about her life, it was just so authentic and real. And it spoke to me very deeply. So I'm excited to dive into that book during the season of Lent, along with some other things. But yeah, I'm excited to get into that one. How about you, Michelle? Um, Yeah, I can totally confirm. Um, I got an advanced copy of Rebecca's book, You Are Free, and it's great. She's a great storyteller. She's just authentic voice, so it's just a really good resource to read. Um, for Lent, like I said, um, I'm doing She Reads Truth, Book of Isaiah, and then um, for my family, I love Blessed Is She, which is a great Catholic women's ministry, has the most stunning Stations of the Cross cards that I love. Um, that you can reflect and they're, you know, me aesthetics are a big deal. Mm. So, and they're just beautifully done. And I love that. And then my cool friend Gretchen just showed me this because I was telling her, I really, one of my Lenten things is to do an examination of conscience at night. Mm -hmm. And then there's this cool app. It's called, um, reimagine. We'll put the link on our podcast, uh, website, but it is an Ignatian. It's an app for your phone that you do at night and it's an examination of conscience cool. and you flip through it. It's pretty that cool. Is, what is that again? Say that again, Michelle. Called, What's it called? Reimagine, examine, reimagine is it. And so, um, yeah, but it's an examination of conscience on your phone, which I just think is really cool <laughs> and, um, That's to cool. have because how many times at night do you want to just grab your phone and flip through Instagram? And you're like, no. I'm going to do my examination of conscience. <laughs> How about that? Now, um, and so, what about you, Sister Sue? Well, I have to say, my one thing right now is I'm hanging out with a dear friend of mine, and there's something about just being with a friend, being present with a friend, and just even doing small things that brings great joy. And a couple of times we were at the beach yesterday, walking around and going to some little shops, and we both were like, "Oh, we should." We looked at each other. We're like, we don't have anything to hurry back for. There's no, <laughs> there is no need to hurry back. And I, it reminds me of just the gift of friendship and the call to be more present. And I really, that's something for me. This line, I'm, I'm, I'm working on especially areas of just deeper forgiveness of, in my life and people that I would like to restore relationships with. And so, I'm offering some fasting for them. Um, so when I'm tempted to cheat, then I remember that the grace, I, my desire is for their healing and mine as well. Uh, but I think also just being more present and just in general of listening and looking people in the eye and saying hello to people on the street and just kind of taking that time to be a human being. I, I don't know. I feel that's a deeper call for me in my own life, especially this Lent, but uh, a good friendship, a faithful friend is a, a sturdy shelter. Yes. And I'm very grateful for the two of you, especially we're not together, but I wish we were. <laughs> As always. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Always. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, well, thank you very much, friends, on this journey this week, uh, talking about the Holy Father's letter for Lent. So it's not too late. Check it out. And we're going to pray with you on the journey as we make this journey together through Lent. We can be found on the webs, the internet at abidingtogetherpodcast.com. So invite a friend. Please subscribe to us there. You can also send us an email if you have a question or sign up for new episodes. We also would ask that you please help us get out our message to as many people as possible by reviewing our podcast. So if you go to iTunes and click on reviews and leave us a rating 
and review. That really helps us uh, get the message out there. So God bless you. And uh, until next time, we will be abiding together in Christ. See you then. Bye-bye.